This is Tom Schreiber, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Tom Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Now it's Brett Pinnell scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Welcome to Season 2 of the Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews from all your favorite players and coaches, as well as news and analysis from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm here with co-host Adam and Pro Lacrosse Talk contributor David Wildman. David, welcome to the show. How's it going today? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Excited to make my debut. Excited to be back in my room after uh, a long four hours coaching in the, in the hot sun, but ready to talk some pro lacrosse with you guys. No, absolutely. And for people that don't know, David has written countless articles for us on um, the past three months. Um, he's currently heading up a lot of our fantasy content right now. Got a full fantasy ranking in the works uh, for the PLO fantasy challenge that flow fantasy is doing. We're also going to talk about uh, PLO betting a little bit today, as well as the biggest news from the week that the MLL is returning uh, for a one week season right before the PLL. So we're getting three straight weeks of pro lacrosse, 38 games in 23 days. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. I guess let's start with that, guys. What are your guys' thoughts on the MLL announcing its return uh, a week prior to the PLL's return? Yeah, I'm, I'm ecstatic that we're going to have so much lacrosse in such a short span of time. You know, we, we weren't sure about the MLL for a little bit there, right? We had a number of big announcements from the league, from sponsorship deals to a variety of different things. So we, we thought with all of that coming down the road, a season would hopefully happen, and, mm-hmm. and it certainly is. So I'm ecstatic that it's going to be happening uh, in my backyard in Annapolis. So it's going to be fun. And then obviously um, everyone down in Utah with the PLL as well. So it's going to be – we're going to be all exhausted after watching all of this lacrosse, I think. Yeah, we're going to get like at least a, a game a day, yeah. maybe, you know, even two, uh, two or three. I know the, the MLL is kicking theirs off with three, three different games. Um, all the teams are playing. They're each playing five games. Uh, then they'll follow that up with a semifinal matchup between the top four teams. Uh, and then they'll finish with the championship, which actually overlaps with the PLL second day. So uh, going to be a little bit of overlap there, which will be also be interesting. Uh, what are your thoughts, David, though, on this announcement? Yeah, you know, for me, being a, a Midwest lacrosse fan, it's it's going to be one of the first opportunities I've had to really watch Major League Lacrosse on TV with the ESPN deal. So, you know, from my perspective with, you know, basically now we're looking at the better part of a month chock full of lacrosse games. It's like a glimpse into the future of what pro field lacrosse could be. Having games every day, um, you know, you, you kind of think of it, like an NHL schedule. There's always something to watch during the season. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, it's, it's exciting that we're going to have now, I think what, 13, 14 teams. Um, yeah, uh, 13 teams. Yeah. total. Yeah. 13 teams playing jam packed schedules. And so for me, I, I hope it's, it's kind of the pacing that we can get used to eventually with pro lacrosse. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier a little bit too, the PLL betting, I think is also going to add a whole nother layer as well as, you know, the fantasy lacrosse that flow fantasy is doing. Um, so with that, let's discuss PLL betting. Uh, William Hill just announced the betting lines this past week um, for the futures bets for these seven teams in the PLL. Um, the odds right now are the whips are three to one odds. Chaos are four to one. Redwoods are nine to two odds. Archers are nine to two. 
Atlas are 11 to two, Cromer eight to one, and Water Dogs are nine to one. Um, so I actually live in New Jersey. So I actually placed a $50 bet on the Archers. I uh, kind of went back and forth between the Redwoods and the Archers. I didn't want to hit the whips because their odds, you know, are, are obviously higher, but in terms of, you know, more riskier and more reward bet, uh, they just didn't make sense to me. Same for the Chaos, who I actually, you know, really don't like um, in terms of them winning the championship anyway. Um, so I decided to go Archers. I hedged my bet a little bit, though. I also put $50 down on the Water Dogs as well because they had 9-1 to odds. Um, so I know I'm going to guarantee a, a loss of $50 depending on uh, who wins, but hopefully I can, you know, get the Archers to either give me a $250 um, or the Water Dogs to get me $450 um, added on to that if they end up winning this championship. So I placed my bet. I don't know if I'm the first one to do it or not, um, but I'm, I think the first one to publicly do it. So I have placed a bet on PLL and on pro lacrosse and I couldn't be more excited for it. Um, but what about you guys? What, what are you guys' thoughts on if you are able to bet, I think, you know, that's going to come to more States uh, who you're putting your money on. Yeah. You know, I think you mentioned the water dogs. Uh, I know they're an expansion franchise, but in this format, um, less days, I honestly think they're one of the most stacked rosters. So um, I, I'd love what, one of the riskier, arguably riskier bets, the nine to one, with the water dogs. Um, and I'm a, on the other side of you. I think the chaos uh, would be a solid bet. Um, they have the best two goalies in the world, in my opinion, and Dylan Ward um, and Blaze Reardon. And I can't see them letting in too many goals. So um, from a defensive standpoint, and I'm excited to see what their offense looks like with uh, the infusion of all those box guys. So I, if I had to bet on two squads like you did, I'm going Water Dogs and Chaos. Yeah, I just don't, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the chaos. I just think, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. They have solid attack, like you mentioned, arguably two of the best goaltenders. Um, and again, you can't always just play the odds too. You got to bet on somebody that you think is going to actually win. And obviously, you know, you could make a case for any of these seven teams. Um, but I don't know, just on paper, I, I just, they, they're not a team that really jumps out to me. And then the four to one odds gives me hesitance too, because, you know, you're really not getting that much of a return if they do win. But uh, yeah, that's, that's just my opinion, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, David? You know, I, I think looking at it right now, I would almost flip the chaos and the Redwoods. I'm, I'm sort of with you, Hutton, that I think the chaos at four to one isn't real good money. I think um, I, I have some serious questions about some of the things that they did this offseason. Um, and I'm, I'm just not sure they've got the horses. You saw them run out of energy a little bit last year. I'm not sure they added that second option to kind of take some of the pressure off Connor Fields because once defenses really started zeroing in on Connor Fields, it was kind of like, all right, what now? And they really struggled in, in some six-on-six six sets because of that. Um, one I really like, I really like the Atlas at 11-2. to two. Um, I think that they're a squad that, that really, obviously with Pinnell coming in, they made some big upgrades. Um, you know, on the defensive side, Still maybe a little sketchy. That's where they struggled last season. But I really like their midfield unit. Um, I think there's some two-way middies in there. I think they've got some depth in there that they're not getting credit for. Um, I really like them at 11-2. to two. And then, like I said, I think the Redwoods at 9-2 to two is a really safe bet. I think the Redwoods have one of the best rosters in the league. I think Coach Nat St. Laurent did a great job upgrading the roster this season. And I think it, at nine to two, that's that's good odds. Yeah, I went on uh, Curtis Dixon uh, on that attack line. 
for yeah for the, the chaos I, I you know i think we you know with austin stotts and uh curse dixon coming in the fold but you know what gives me pause is actually the other side you know i know we mentioned the two goalies but with the chaos um they're only taking three poles i'm sorry they're only taking five you know with the chaos they're only taking five poles uh three defensemen and jack rowlett uh jared newman and johnny surtick and they're going to be missing you know brody merrill who's now in the water dogs um you know and you know matt reese and troy Wright, both at lsm i mean those are all solid defenders but you know, they just don't have a lot of depth, whereas some other teams, I mean, like you look at the Chrome, who neither of us mentioned, I, you know, I kind of thought about maybe going with them. They're taking five defensemen, uh, long stick Midian, Eli Salama, and then Donnie Moss can also run pole if they need to. Um, so they kind of have, you know, six or seven options there at, at defense um, that I think, you know, they are going to be a little bit better built because to me, if you lose an offensive guy, there's going to be somebody that can kind of step up. You can run somebody, um, you know, from out the box uh, if you need to, or you can move a midi down to attack. Uh, you lose a defender, you know, are you going to give a, a short stick defensive midi a pole if they, if they need to? I mean, some people, maybe it works, but to me, that's where I kind of looked at this is the teams that are kind of really took a lot of depth at pole uh, are the ones I kind of like, um, you know, and, you know, I, I really like that the archers took, they have three defenders in Matt McMahon, Eli Gobrecht, and Curtis Corley, but they also have uh, LSMs at uh, Mike Simon and Scott Ratliff as well. Their short stick defensive minis in Dominique Alexander and Mark McNeil are also huge assets. So um, I think they, they also have the depth. Christian Mazzone, too, has gone both ways. Um, I know you, you mentioned the Atlas. You think there are some two-way minis on there, and I think, you know, Brian Costabile is certainly one of them. But um, to me, you know – I still need to see a little bit more from a guy like Romar Dennis, who I think could be a two-way guy, but we didn't see it last year. So that kind of gives me pause on the Atlas. But um, again, we, we mentioned the, the depth on all seven of these teams. It kind of gives you, a, there can be a case made for really any of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Romar a little bit there about potentially being a great two-way option. When I interviewed uh, Coach Rubior, uh, he was emphasized very, um, he emphasized um, the, that he was super excited about Romar's game on the defensive end too. So um, that's something I, I fully expect to see from that Atlas squad is Romar going both ways. Yeah, no, certainly. And, you know, you can't sleep on the whip snakes too. Uh, even though they are three to one odds, um, you're not going to make the most return from your money. They are the defending champs. You know, look a lot different this year, but uh, I think, you know, Coach Stagnia did a good job reloading. You're going to see the debut of Brad Smith, uh, Zed Williams in the PLL. Um, and then TJ Camizio in the PLL as well. And then Max Tuttle also added to that, that midfield. So, um, you know, they're going to be another interesting squad. And they're also taking six poles um, on their roster. Only going with one faceoff guy in Joe Nardello, though. Um, I mean, I, we know Jake Bernhardt could take some faceoffs if needed. But um, I think they're going to rely heavily on Joe Nardella to stay healthy during this championship series. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today I also want to talk to you about Tomahawk Shades. Tomahawk Shades have an array of both quality sunglasses and blue light glasses at a fraction of the cost of popular sunglass brands. Their blue light glasses are perfect for guys like me who spend hours looking at a computer screen when editing. They also have a great collection of sunglasses 
with pro athletes like Kylie Olmiller, Kyle Harrison, Mike Chanichuk, and Chris Hogan repping the brand. So if you want a pair of the shades the pros wear, visit TomahawkShades.com and use the code PLT20 to save 20% on your order today. Um, but that kind of, you know, is our breakdown too for these uh, these rosters as well as, you know, how we kind of stand on betting. Um, so far, that's the only betting news we have uh, in terms of the future odds. You know, we're hoping that we're going to get live betting uh, come the championship series. We're hoping that, you know, maybe we'll get some parlays, prop bets. And I know we're, we're going to be doing our PLL parlays anyway, whether they have them or not. But uh, I did want to kind of have a fun little segment where we talk about PLL prop bets a little bit. So I came up with four. You guys are going to tell me if you're going to hit the over or the under on these. Right. Um, and I made them, you know, they're, they're pretty, pretty tight lines. So it's, you're going to have to make some decisions here. But the first one I have is, will Jared Newman have over or under three and a half, two point goals this coming championship series? I think I'll have to take the under on that. I, I love Jared Newman, but uh, there's so many threats with the ball on that chaos roster, especially in transition. And uh, so few games that, mm-hmm. that, that seems, that seems pretty high. I'm sure I'll have one or two, but three and a half, I'll have to take the under there. Yep. I'd have to agree. That's what I was thinking too. Um, with, with the depleted number of games, um, I just don't think he's going to have enough opportunities. I think he will take more uh, than three and a half two-point opportunities, take two-point shots, but I, I don't necessarily think uh, that it'll hit over that. Yeah, no, you, we got to remember there's only going to be five games, so it is, uh, it's going to be a very abbreviated season. Um, it's tough, too, to kind of make these decisions based on we only have one season to work off, and yep. that blueprint is completely different from what this blueprint's going to be. Um, but I, I'd probably agree with you. I'd take the under on that. Um, I think, you know, if I, if I had to guess, I'd, I'd give him three goals, but I don't think he'll get four or more two-point goals. If he, uh, if he hears that, I think he's going to go for some uh, Newman Nukes and uh, get a couple more than we think. Yeah, his slogan was, uh, you should have slid again last year. Maybe it's yep. like, you should have hit, hit the over. You think he'll say that <laughs> in the game, maybe? Uh, we'll see. And then the next one I have is uh, Trevor Baptiste, mic'd up goals. Over or under half a point. I think that's an easy one. I'm going on the over with this. I, I think with how successful uh, miking up players were last year, with how successful him in him specifically was um, with with that speed boy goal, he has to get at least one. I he I think he scores on at least one uh, face off goal face off this year. So I, I'm going over. I, I was going to say I think if the PLL knows what's good for him, they'll just stick a mic on that guy and leave it on him all tournament yep. um and like you said I'm, I'm sure that he'll put one in the back of the net at some point and I think the odds are pretty good that he'll have a mic on him when that happens so I'll take the over on that all right uh, I'm gonna take the over as well when I was coming up with these odds I was like I don't think I, he would hit two but I think he'll hit one I, so I agree with you guys on that one now uh, this one's a little tougher because there are only five games but Ryan Drenner game winning goals over or under two and a half so let's let's uh is this a caveat in terms of OT game winner or scoring the final goal? That, just like, game winner, goal. just game winning goal. So uh, I guess we could say this includes go ahead goal as well. Okay, okay, I think that changes it up for me a little bit. Um, that that roster is so stacked um, with, with guys like Ben Reeves, Christian Cuccinello, and obviously Zach Currier. I'm going to go with the under just because of how I how balanced that offense is going to be, I think. Yeah, I think I'll have to take the under on that as well. Um, just a really, a really stacked offense. And 
you know, Drenner, Drenner's a late game guy. You can count on him, but with so many options and a new offense and only five potential games, I think, uh, I think we'll have to take the under on that, but I'm sure we'll have one or two. All right. I'm going to take the over. I think he'll get two in the, the, maybe the regular season play, the pool play. And then I think he gets one in the playoffs. You know, maybe it's that first round. Maybe they have the bye. Maybe it's, you know, later rounds. But I'm going to take the over. I think he gets at least three. Um, you know, any more than three might be tough. But uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm not going to bet against Ryan Jenner's game-winning potential. <laughs> he had ice water in his veins last year, so it only makes sense he's on the water dogs. Absolutely. And then the final one I have for you guys, PLO overtime games. Over or under nine and a half? Now, there's only 20 games total. So you think there's going to be half the games are going to go to overtime, or you think less than half? I'm going to hit the over on this one just because I hope that it's the over <laughs> and the, we get at least 10 overtime games. That would be absolutely absurd. This is a wishful thinking one. I'm going to hit the over. I was going to say, I think I'll take the over on that as well. Um, in, the, in the championship format with just how stacked all these rosters are, I mean, there's no, no easy matchups. going to be a lot of one, two goal games. So I think saying that Maybe half the games go to overtime. I'll, I'll take the over on that, have a little fun. All right, I'm going to go under. I think it will be around eight or nine. You know, I just – I can't get to, to half yet. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot for them to be half. Maybe half will be one-goal games. If we did that, I think, you know, I'd probably have to hit the over on that. But uh, I'm going to take the under on that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are our, our four uh, prop bets that I came up with. Uh, we'll see how those turn out later in the season. Maybe we'll uh, – winner will get, get a – get everyone else dinner or something we'll, we'll figure some some prize out some <laughs> agreement um but th yeah those are the prop bets we hope pro prop bets are introduced um to the pll well again it's kind of tough to tell what they're going to do they only have one season under their belt to really go off and a lot of times these books have to look at history to kind of make um up these odds and uh, come up with these different prop bets so we'll, we'll see um but we're really excited again about pll betting uh, and we're really excited to kind of see what this comes out of this pll championship series uh, another thing I mentioned though was the fantasy aspect of things. Now the PL is not officially doing a fantasy challenge, but Flow Fantasy is one of our uh, content partners, and they've put together uh, you know a, a whole platform that you can draft from. If you guys haven't signed up yet, go to FlowFantasy.com and sign up. Invite your friends. You can have up to twelve people in your league. Um, but David right now has been working on his fantasy rank rankings. He's ranking all the players. Uh, we have actually their totals from last year had. PLL fantasy been a thing last year. Obviously, we did our little small challenge, but the point system's a little bit different. So let's talk a little bit about this point system and see who you guys value most based off this point system. So Flow Fantasy's point system, um, it, it's a little nuanced because they put a lot of high totals, and uh, it's very varied. It's not as simple, I guess, as you could say, as last year. And the reason they did that is they want it to be, um, you know, create more parity among position groups. But a goal will give you four points. An assist will give you five points. Two-point goal will give you seven points. Ground ball will give you one point. Uh, if you have a turnover, it'll be negative two points. And then if you cause a turnover, it'll be seven points. So they're really, you know, helping out the defense in that regard with this cause turnovers counting as seven points. Um, and then going off of that, Fogos and goalies will begin the game with six points. And then there's broken down into percentages. So based on their face-off or save percentage, uh, they will get a certain amount of points. So that is also on their Instagram and their website. Um, so going off of that, though, guys, who are you valuing? What position group are you valuing? Again, they, they created this point system because they wanted a parity among positions, but we know that's not always perfect, and there's always going to be somebody that kind of stands 
above the crowd. So, David, you're working on the rankings right now. Who would you kind of take as your number one pick? What position would you kind of target first? You know, it's it's tough. And and without playing, it's it's really hard to say. But looking based on the point totals, I think the guys over at Flow Fantasy did a really nice job um, balancing. You know, I, I think most would agree that attack and midfield should probably be a bit more valuable than your defense. That's just sort of the way lacrosse goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you know, I think if, if you can get a defender who really puts up numbers, whether it be goals or cause to- turnovers, that's going to be really valuable and those are going to be really rare. I think that you're going to be able to fill out your attack and your midfield in the later rounds of the draft. But if you're sitting there with a high pick and you got a guy sitting there that really, you know, picks the ball off, can get the ball out of guy's sticks, can pick it up off the turf, I think that's going to be the, the rarest thing. But there are a few really high-producing poles in the league, and I think if you've got an opportunity to take one, you want to strike on that. Um, that being said, there are a few guys that I feel like unfortunately get kind of left out in this equation. Jared Newman comes to mind. He's a guy that is a really solid on-ball defender. You love his tape. But as far as numbers go, he'll have the occasional two-pointer. But, you know, he's usually marked up on the number one attackman on the other team and just doesn't cause a ton of turnovers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a really good defender like him who just kind of goes out and does his job unfortunately not going to be worth a ton of points. Um, but like I said, if, if you can get a guy that puts up numbers on defense, I would strike on that first. And then I think you're going to want to start filling out your attack because you get a lot of high scoring guys on that attack line. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. And it's, it's interesting too. You know, I know we uh, weren't super crazy about the point system when it was first announced, just because there is some nuance to it. Um, you know, with goals being worth less than a cause turnover or even an assist, um, you know, you're going to weigh it a little bit differently. Whereas, you know, Grant Amon could get just as many points as, say, uh, Will Manny. But if Will Manny's scoring the goals, Grant Amon's scoring the assist, um, Grant Amon's going to get you more points. So that's something to note, you know, again, not completely agree with it all together, but that's what it is. And uh, I think it's important to kind of make sure that you're drafting accordingly to that. Because I know we talked to, you know, one of our contributors, Dan Arresti, who brought up a good point. You know, if Matt Rambo gets you four goals, that's 16 points there. Scott Ratliff could get that in one play if he causes a turnover, uh, scoops up the ground ball, and then hits a two-pointer. That's 15 points right there. So it's almost the exact same. So your offensive players are going to have to, you know, work a little bit harder to get those point totals. Um, but, you know, everyone also does have – they'll have three attackmen, three midfielders, and, uh, and three defenders plus a goalie and a face-off guy. So it's not totally out of the realm of the possibility that, you know, you're going to still see pretty even, even if offensive players tend to do worse than defensive players based on this point system, everyone else is still going to have a level playing field because you can only start so many players. So even though I was a little worried about that to begin with, it's not really that much of a concern to me now, because even if, you know, I have Scott Ratliff on my, my team, you know, I still have to start three offensive guys as well. Um, But that also goes into your draft strategy a little bit. And that's why I know you're developing the, the rankings a little bit. Um, based on that, you know, like you said, you'd probably take a defender that is going to score some two-point goals first. Uh, what about you, Adam? What, what do you like? Uh, what position do you would you eye uh, in this draft with the drafts coming up, you know, in a week? Yeah, I think one, maybe not a specific player or um, that, that might go 
high in terms of where he's drafted, but a position I know I'm biased that I'm going to really stringently look at is the goalie position. Um, predominantly because I think you can throw out a lot of last year um, based off of how condensed this season is goalies get banged up really easily and they're not going to have too much time uh, to, to get healthy again, potentially if something does happen. So looking at last year, you were ner- we were nervous when picking goalies because say the archers have two phenomenal goalies on their roster and we're splitting halves. That could be something that happens this year, or they could go every other game. Um, you have a team, like I mentioned already, the chaos have, who have two of the most elite goalies in the league. Are they going to both play? Obviously coach tower said, Blaze is the guy going into this, but um, I think coaches may have a quicker trigger uh, to switch up goalies potentially. So um, goalie is going to be one of those interesting positions. I think when it comes to the waiver wire, we haven't, we will talk about that once things get started, but goalie may be a position where a lot of players uh, get added and cut from rosters potentially pretty quickly. Yeah, no. And the save percentage is going to be interesting because, you know, it, it can really shift either way. Yep. Um, you know, if a goalie has a, a good game, if he's above 50%, you know, in save percentage, you know, he's going to get you a handful of points on top of that six points he starts out with. Yep. Uh, if he has a bad day, you know, and lets him more than he saves, which, you know, is rare, but can happen. Um, and then he gets pulled and he's your starter. I mean, you know, he can't make any of that back up and you're going to be in the negative, unfortunately. So it is going to be a very important position. Um, and it's, it's tough too, because, you know, we talked about how the chaos arguably have two of the best goaltenders in the league. Um, but you can only start one goalie. Um, you know, are you going to take a chance on Dylan Ward or, um, or blaze Reardon? If you don't know, like who's going to be the starter. I mean, I, we've been told that blaze will start, um, the beginning of the championship series. But again, I think you mentioned, you know, hit the head on the, you hit the nail on the head with the waiver wire, um, being important to pick up, but this is only a two week season too. So it's not like you can, you know, pick up guys daily it's it's going to be weekly so you, you only have one chance really to, to pick somebody up either the beginning of the season or the middle um for that second week so yeah it's going to be interesting uh for sure um and I don't I know we're in a fantasy league together so I'm going to ask you guys a sleeper pick and you know feel free to maybe hold one in your back pocket if you don't want to give away because we do have our fantasy draft coming up um but who is a, a guy that you think would be a sleeper pick to look at um, going into the championship series that, you know, maybe people are, uh, you know, not riding too high on the, and that you want to kind of grab in the later rounds. I think there's two here. Um, I do really like Dylan Ward. Um, I, I have a hard time believing that Andy Towers, who has Blaze Reardon, isn't going to use him in an offense that's going to be so predicated on, on box concepts. And I know I've asked him personally, and he shot it down, and he's been asked, and he shot it down. But I have a very hard time believing that we're not going to see Blaze Reardon step into, step onto that attack line a couple times in this tournament. And then I think you're going to see a ton of value in Dylan Ward. So, you know, that's not me sourcing anything. That's just me speculating. But I have a really hard time believing that Dylan Ward's not going to see a, a really good amount of action. I also really like Jake Withers. Um, I think that face-off guys are valued really highly in the scoring system as they should be, a very important position. And I think Jake Withers is going to step in and make a name for himself as one of the top two or three face-off guys in the league. So I think that you might be able to catch some people in your league sleeping a little bit who maybe don't know who Jake Withers is because he hasn't made a big name for himself on the field level. 
But um, I think if you're looking for a value face-off pick, Jake Withers could be your guy. Yeah, I like the Jake Withers a lot. He's dominated in uh, the box game, and, you know, he had a pretty good uh, field career as well at Ohio State, uh, making them, you know, going all the way to that championship. I um, I don't know, though. I, I – I don't, I don't really agree with the, the Blaze thing. I just don't know where you fit them in. You got Austin Stotts, you got Connor Fields, Curtis Dixon, Josh Byrne, Miles Thompson. Um, you know, I think your point's still taken with the fact that you got Dylan Warden, you know, sitting on the bench. You're going to get him in at some point. Like, you know, it, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get in about the same amount of games or about the same amount of time as Blaze does. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see we, think we see him at attack. That's just me. I, I think you got a loaded attack right now. And I, I'd be, you know, I think people are sleeping on Austin Stotts a little bit because he hasn't really played in the field game. Yeah. He came right out of high school, uh, went to the box game, got drafted in the NLL. Um, but he's been, you know, lighting up for the Seals. I hope he's, hopefully he's healthy. He looked good when he came back for the San Diego Seals this year. Um, I think it took him a little bit of a while to get going. But, uh, you know, you got Curtis Dixon we mentioned. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and, and for mine, I'm going to go with an offensive player that I know is definitely going to play offense uh, This for, for at least five games, right, is uh, Ryan Ambler. I've been team Ryan Ambler since day one. You don't hear his name too much, but he was second on the Archers last year in assists during the regular season, second uh, in the postseason as well. So when you're talking about sleepers, I, I, talk, I think about guys who you don't hear their name very much, and he's a guy that has produced – uh, last year, and I ex- fully expect him to do so uh, for for this championship series as well. And then another guy um, on the other side of the ball, Rylan Reese. He was a stud last year in the MLL, making the transition uh, over another name. Maybe some fans don't necessarily uh, recognize um, with, since he wasn't in the league last year. I think those two guys are are big money players that maybe you get a little bit later. Yeah, Rylan Reese is a good one because uh, you know last year I th- I think he led. I, I want to say he led the MLL in ground balls. Now, don't quote me on that, at least for defenders. Um, you look at him. He's a guy that, you know, like you talked about, David, is somebody that you want to look at in your defenders. You know, maybe not right away because, again, you don't want to jump the shark if you think you can get him in later rounds. But he's going to get you cause turnovers. He's going to get you ground balls. And you can bet that with a shorter field, he's going to rip some two-point goals as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think especially he's a guy. We're not talking ADP average drafts position just yet with, with – uh, uh, flow fantasy um, but Reese is a guy that if you draft him day one of, of drafting he may go a little bit lower but when people catch on I think he's going to shoot up draft boards absolutely and an- another thing I want to kind of talk about is so we kind of have the points breakdown that uh, flow fantasy simulated last year uh, some people though we don't have you know mentioned Ryland Reese Jake Withers uh, we don't really have anything to go off for them uh, even though we do have stats from the MLL last year it's still a very different game based on these rules so which new PLL player do you like the most, whether it be an entry guy or a college draft guy um, that you think is going to put up big numbers in fantasy? I'm a big fan of Grant Amen, I think. Obviously a tremendous talent, and, and I was actually writing about the Archers last night. And, I mean, you, you really couldn't have picked a better attack line to just put Grant Amen in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I said – if, if Marcus Holman and Will Manny are the PLL version of the Splash Brothers, <laughs> Grant Ament could fit in there like they're Kevin Durant. I mean, you can't draw up a better player to slide in there, I think. Um, you know, especially as it pertains to the fantasy game with how assists are valued over goals. I mean, I think that dude's just going to stand behind the net and just feed goals to Holman and Manny all tournament. And I think that, 
he's going to be a really, really, really high-producing rookie. No, I like that pick a lot. Like you mentioned, you know, assists are worth five points. Um, and, you know, if you have Holman and Manny, you know, getting the same point totals as him, he's still going to score more fantasy-wise. So, uh, you know, I, li- I like that pick a lot. What about you, Adam? Yeah, you know, the, the Zach Couriers of the world are obviously going to be up there. But a guy, uh, another potential sleeper maybe, uh, but a guy that I think is going to have a much larger role than some expect is going to be a guy like Zed Williams um, with the Whip Snakes. I think he's going to be an awesome uh, candidate for – um, to get those assists when, when he passes to Matt Rambo or um, he has a wicked shot, so he's going to score. I think he's going to load up on points, so I'm going with Zed. No, I like Zed a lot, and they, they are going to use him in so many different ways. I mean, that offense for the Whips is so fluid anyway. They can plug him in and attack. They can run him through the box. Uh, I, I like that pick a lot. Um, for me, you mentioned Zach Kerr. I think it's hard to pick anybody else for me personally. He's going to get you cause turnovers. He's going to get you goals. Uh, he's going to get you ground, tons of ground balls. Um, he may even face off a little bit. You won't get any points for him facing off just because you have to start a face-off guy in that slot, and you'll probably start want to start him on your mini slot. But, um, you know, he's another guy that, you know, you just can't I, – I think he's the perfect – he's built for this PLL um, rule set as well as built for fantasy this, based on these point systems. Um, and then, you know, I do like Rob Pinnell as well. Uh, you know, to, he's going he's gonna to get goals. He's going to get assists. Um, he was the MLL MVP two years ago for a reason. I, I, I think he's a guy that's going to really thrive in the PLL. Um, and he's got Ryan Brown to feed to. Um, so, and Eric Law too. You got Eric Law and him are going to have that two man game going. So I think he, he's going to be up there as well for me. Um, but he's a guy too that, you know, everyone, when you're drafting, you'll, you'll always have a few guys that'll take Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady in the first round. If Rob Pinnell is there in the first round, I, I think I might pass on him a little bit. You know, you know, it's again, I value him as a player, but I don't know if I want to, you know, sell the farm to get him in the first or second round of a, a fantasy draft. Uh, I'd wait a little bit in the later rounds. Um, I think that's what's going to be interesting about this this fantasy draft. It's new to everybody, but you got really got to be strategic with it. You know, it's almost like in football, you kind of want to take those running backs that are going to be, you know, few and far between compared to you know quarterbacks that you could maybe get. Uh, in later rounds uh, for the same value. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to help a little bit, hopefully, with David's rankings. Um, But uh, with that, I appreciate you guys coming on for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. We're excited about PLL betting. We're excited about fantasy lacrosse. And we're certainly excited about the MLL and PLL returning this July. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And I hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Today, I also want to talk to you about Design Tree. On our Design Tree store, we have several t-shirt designs like the Pro Lacrosse Talk tee I'm wearing today, our Blast Lacrosse shirt, Cross's Medicine shirt, and many more designs on the way. Design Tree is also home to hundreds of other t-shirt designs in the realm of sports and pop culture. To help support the podcast, please consider checking out our Design Tree store at dsgntree.com backslash pro-lacrosse-talk and grab a shirt today.